0: Football season is never over. The Ringer NFL Show has got all your football needs covered from free agency to the draft and so much more. Check out the Ringer NFL Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Mismatch presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in DC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. Life is full of tough decisions, and thanks to USAA Auto Insurance, picking your auto coverage isn't one of them. Make the switch to USAA Auto Insurance and find out how you could save. Get a quote today. Restrictions apply.
1: Welcome to the Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon. And joining me, as he does every Tuesday from the ringer.com, is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Blizarian, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Cannabis, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Kindness, Kevin What up? Here come the Wizards, Kevin. Here they come. The ride of the winning streak, baby. <laughs> we, we waited on them, but now after. A big win in overtime against the uh, Los Angeles Lakers last night. They won five games in a row. And you look at that, it, it's wild to look at the Eastern Conference standings. You know, even when you see Miami, who just went, I believe, four and three on their road trip, but, you know, have been better than they have, uh, than they had been to start the season. Like, these teams are you're 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 like never more than 3 or 4 games out from like being a home court advantage team in the Eastern Conference and so it certainly was not too late for Washington we'll see how many they can win out of 10 how many they can win in a row uh but you know we were much higher than they have performed uh we were much higher on them than they have performed this year and you know i think this is Obviously, we didn't expect them to be winning five games in a row, but they're at least n- not capable against the teams of winning games, either. which th- they had not shown to be capable of for the majority of the season up until this last two weeks.
0: I mean, you mentioned the standings, how tight they are. They're three and a half games back from Indiana, who currently has the four seed, and Washington <laughs> right now is in the thirteen spot, and they're only a game and a half back from Miami for the ten seed. A playing tournament spot. So you have three and a half game separation between the four seed and the thirteen seed in the East. Anything can happen, man. It's still so early in the season right now. With Washington, you know, we kind of joke about, you know, putting our guy Mo Wagner in the starting lineup and putting Garrison Matthews in the starting lineup. But it does show, Chris, that having the five best players in your starting lineup doesn't always mean that's the best thing to do. For your team, in terms of responsibilities, in terms of where shot go, shots go, in terms of the defensive impact a guy might have. And Wagner and Matthews, in their own respective ways, have brought in some energy to that starting five and it's reshuffled the deck, moving certain guys to the bench that uh, have better balanced that team. And I think it's also just the fact that this is the first time all season long they've had a continuous run of guys being healthy. And yeah, that's they did a, have a, big a bad break
1: and they missed a lot of time for COVID. Exactly. And the other thing is it was nice to see, um, or it has been nice to see Bertons who they spent the fortune on the off season rise from the dead because he was just, I mean, he was miserable uh, the first 20 games of the season. And now over the course of these last like 10 games, he's shot like 45% from three. Like he's, he's a weapon, which is what you spend, you know, the money on is that at, when you've got Brad Beal and you've got Russell Westbrook, these guys are going to command the tension. These guys are going to be able to go to the basket. You just need him to be a guy you can throw it out to. And when he's open, he knocks it down. And that had been an impossibility for the first part of the season. But now, I mean, that's what he does. You know what I mean? I still think it's an overpay to pay for a guy that does that. But he proved last year he could do that and he could do it at a high rate. And so, you know, it's it's more fun that they're not horrible because they got two big, big stars on their team and they get a a lot of attention and they get a lot of talk. So I'm glad they're at least making this fun because that was really rough to start the season, to say the least. Yeah, and you know what? I I think last
0: night some of the players talked about Rui Hachimura's defense as well. Mm. And you you have certain guys stepping up in different ways. I think Denny as a rookie has been really good on defense as well. Rui Hachimura has shown positional versatility on that team and he's really locked in there. So it seems like the Wizards right now, mid season after just a horrific start dealing with the COVID stuff and all that, some other guys being in and out of the lineup, Russ included, they seem to be getting in a good rhythm being healthy and some of their guys that may have been struggling earlier are now stepping up. So it's all of these factors coming together that have the wizards playing at a level that some people expected them to before the season. I, I, I liked the idea of what the wizards could be when you have Russell do. Westbrook and Bradley Beal together. So, you know, they're riding this five game winning streak right now. Chris, they've beaten the Lakers, Blazers, Nuggets, Rockets, and Celtics. Those are some good, tough teams in there. Are, are you,
1: are you buying this turnaround with them? Yes. Uh, are you, you are. I just say it. I think what we find out is as the season goes on, and especially with teams that are having to figure it out on the fly in a strange year. Ta- you know, we were at a spring uh, or at a summer league deal where Daryl Morey was giving his impassioned, ple- uh, you know, uh, speech about like it's stars. It's a stars oh, this is league. This
0: is the the Bill Simmons podcast, yeah. right? The, yes. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, a stars yeah. the league. Yeah. With and the stars, there, right? it, it ends <laughs> yeah. up working out, right? And yeah. like
1: you're seeing as time goes on, the teams with the best players start to figure it out, you know? And if you've got two out of your five, you know, it's hard to believe that you're going to be bad, right? If you've got two outstanding players of your five guys, at minimum, you know, you should be able to fill in the other three. There's very few examples of teams with two awesome guys. And I know that, you know, there are people that will argue Westbrook's not awesome anymore, but two awesome guys that have a crap team. And that team was a crap team. So do I believe that they are the 5-0 team? No but do I believe that they are much better than they performed at the beginning of the year? Yes, and I do think that, you know, we, we just talked about, and it's one of the hottest teams in the NBA, Phoenix. That didn't look like it does now. You know, the first 15, 20 games of the year. It just didn't. We were sitting there going, are we going to get the best out of Devin Booker? It's kind of become a Chris Paul team where they, you know, they play like one of the slowest paces in the NBA. What, what are they going to be? But like, they figured it out. And I do think that there's, you know, some of that that's going to go on with Washington. Uh, We saw it last year with Houston. The Westbrook-Harden thing looked crappy at the beginning. And Westbrook was terrible. And then that, you know, once it got from about January until they stopped the season, that Houston team looked awesome. You know, and then, of course, they came back in the bubble and it was a debacle there. But I do think that we do need to pay some mind to, if you add in major usage guys or you add in guys that are going to play a key part on your team or you've switched out your roster quite a bit, that this stuff always takes time. Always. And they had a harder road than usual because of sitting out for the amount of time they did, guys being in and out of the lineup, losing guys to injury, whatever it be. But I mean, so, I, I look, I thought they were going to be a... At worst, a play-in team, and I think they will be a play-in team. I do. Yeah,
0: Uh, I think they'll end up with one of the top ten seeds. No, I mean, like it'll be interesting. I Orlando ahead of them. I wouldn't bet bet anything on Orlando. Um, Atlanta, Miami, Charlotte, Chicago, New York. That's you know going up. That's twelve through seven. We'll see. I mean, New York's really continuing to battle. Their defense is great. I don't see any reason to doubt that the Knicks will. You know. Continue to try to compete and win games. I don't see them falling off a cliff. Chicago, I've got to feel similarly about them. They get some mm. good talent on that team. It's not a perfect fit, but they get a lot of guys playing well. Charlotte, same thing. Miami should continue to get better, seven and three in their last 10 games. Atlanta, they're going to be competitive. So, you know, with are Washington they? in there, are they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they're going to score points. They're going to mm. have, have high scoring games. You know, anytime you have Trey Young, and we'll see what happens with John Collins, if they keep him through the deadline or what but they got talent on that team and so there's like a lot of teams battling for four spots there's a lot of teams
1: let's talk about the flip side of that washington game which is the lakers losing this is life without anthony davis they lost 127 to 124 uh lebron james insisted he can handle the workload that's being asked of him it was another 40 plus minute night it's the fourth time this month that he has done that he, and his quote after the game was I think this whole narrative of LeBron (laughs) needs more rest or I should take more rest or I should take time here, it's become a lot bigger than what it actually is. I've never talked about it. I don't talk about it. I don't believe in it. We all need more rest. Shit. This is a fast turnaround from last season and we all wish we could have more rest, but I'm here to work. I'm here to punch the clock and be available to my teammates. And if I'm hurt or I'm not feeling well, then we can look at it then, but I have nothing uh, but honest people advising me but I'm also honest with myself and well as well. Uh, and me having a love for the game and being able to be available for my teammates is more important than anything. Of course, he played uh, 43 minutes last night against the Wizards. Um, he took responsibility for missing the free throw. I got to make the free throw. You know, blah, blah, blah. Um, what do you think? I mean, this is I, nobody's going to tell him what to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Nor am I. <laughs> That's pretty clear. <laughs> That's pretty I. clear.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, I would think that the Lakers know what they're doing with his minutes and that if there was reason to arrest him, that they would. Um, mm. I mean, it, it is worrying anytime you have a guy in their mid to late 30s with the, those amount of miles on his body playing him that much. Lakers are doing what they're going to do, though. I mean, I, I'm not super worried about them long term, but I don't like LeBron playing 40 minutes every night. Um, but if that's what they're going to do, I, I think they have the science and they know his body better than anybody and LeBron knows his body better than anybody with the amount that they invest in him to do that. So, you know, it's kind of funny hearing him say that about himself when so many people are worried about the minutes and on the flip side, like with the Clippers, you have Paul George on a minutes limit, not closing the game. So many different teams and players handle minute situations so dramatically
1: differently. It says uh, for the first month of the season, or actually, I'm sorry, prior to February, LeBron was averaging 33 minutes a game. That is 43rd in the NBA. Since the start of the month, however, he has averaged 38 minutes per game in 11 (laughs) games, the most in the NBA. Mm. It is unbelievable to think a guy in his 18th year (laughs) is playing the (laughs) most minutes. Forget all the production. He's playing the most minutes in the NBA. There's 19 <laughs> year olds that don't play 38 minutes. Yeah, he's he's been in the league for 18 years. Like I just uh, I, and and you and I talked about this when AD went out. You got to be willing to take some losses and just say, look, if we're totally healthy by the playoffs, come one, come all. But that obviously is not going to be the case if the guy's playing 43 minutes. Against the friggin' Washington Wizards on a <laughs> on a on a Monday night, you know.
0: Well, it's like I said, you get the Clippers resting Paul George in pivotal minutes to close a game to to nurse, you know, the fact that he had a toe injury and he's coming back, and they want to ease him back in. So it's just the you know, the two LA teams represented the whole this? league. That was had, so had,
1: annoying. It is that was so annoying. annoying. If is. there was two and a half minutes left in the game. Mm-hmm.
0: Really? I know it's, it's annoying, but it just shows how differently teams view, you know, minutes and load management and all that. It's, it's
1: different ends of the spectrum. Can we talk about that game real quick? That was the game from Sunday and it was a huge marquee game. Um, Look, I heard Rosillo and Simmons yesterday and they're going on and on about Brooklyn and about how good Brooklyn is and about how, you know, the problems with the Clippers and, all this other stuff, right, that, that, that went on. And, like, you need to get buckets down the stretch. And this is a team that, you know, has got these three of the best offensive players ever. And, of course, Durant wasn't playing in that game. And I was, I, I got to be honest with you, I was stunned listening to it because I watched that game and thought, A, they blew a huge lead. Huge. Like, that game was over. And they didn't step on the Clippers' throat. B, it w- down the stretch, you had the one Kyrie layup that he made. But Harden got fouled and he missed the free throws. Their bucket that they got was the most outrageous, miracle DeAndre Jordan tip-in that, like, you could do that a billion times and <laughs> it would never go in. And yet it did. Meanwhile, on the other end, Kawhi Leonard, who was without Paul George, who had been awesome in the game. They had no answer for George. Kawhi was going to the basket, and he was getting buckets down the stretch. Um, they took some bad shots with the game on the line, but I didn't watch that and think, oh, my God, Brooklyn is so devastating. I thought, yo, they just yacked this thing away, and if it weren't for you know, the, the hardened flop at the end of the game – Kawhi ties that up right there and then you know all bets are off. I, I don't know. I didn't I didn't look at that as a demerit against the Clippers watching that game. I actually thought that they showed a lot of heart coming back in that game. I, I um, don't think it, I don't think it's a demerit against the Clippers, but I don't I don't I, do I, it. I don't see why I don't see why, don't see why it's buckets. a knock
0: against the Nets. They they beat the Clippers without Kevin Durant. I understand but I mean, I'm talking like, about
1: the way they were. It wasn't like they were just, oh my God, so devastating. You, how can beat, you stop th- this beat, team? Th- they
0: be one of the best teams in the NBA without their best player. I understand. That's why it was impressive. I, I don't. But I it wasn't take any about them not having Monroe. Kevin
1: Durant. It was about what they are. They got Kyrie. They got Harden, and they were able to knock this team off. Kawhi was getting to the basket. That's what
0: Kawhi I, does. I don't know.
1: I mean, look, I, I, I get it. Right? It's always. The the Clippers are never going to yeah, get the, the only mention of Harden
0: shame. is that Harden flop, not the thirty seven points with seven assists running the sh- orchestra Well, that was the, the, the end of the, I mean, oh, the game. I mean, that's how the game ended. I know, I know, but like I, I, I'm 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 very impressed by what the Nets are doing, and I love the way that they use Bruce Brown as like a small ball center on offense, but he's still defending guards and wings on defense. It's just intriguing. Like it's intriguing positionless basketball. I'm really excited to see what they do and how they develop chemistry and what type of sets they install on offense, how they operate on defense when Kevin Durant returns. Like they're a fascinating team to monitor right now.
1: There's no question that they are a fascinating team and they are absolutely devastating offensively. I was just saying I didn't look at that game as a demerit of the Clippers. And that being Should said, be. I don't understand with Ty Lu, like he's got to figure out what they are. Like, he doesn't. He goes big when I think he shouldn't go big and he goes small when I think he shouldn't go small. It's the damnedest thing. Like, he put Zubac in there and he just got... I mean, they just like... You might as well have, like, uh, put a red suit on him. It was crazy. They just were just gonna attack him and attack him and attack him. And it's like, you know, sometimes this guy, like, decides he's not gonna play big guys and then other times he throws in guys randomly and then a team like that I mean, you're just – you're throwing you're – throwing, you're throwing slow big guys to the wolves against a team that can drive and kick like they can. Um, anyways, uh, as we move on, that was the Clippers game over the weekend. We have, since we last spoke, Kevin, had a coach get fired, and that was Ryan Saunders in Minnesota. I told you earlier this year when I watched them play, I – I just didn't get it. I don't. I didn't get it. I didn't understand if they are, uh, where they are in their timeline of what they want to be. Do, you know, I think they fancied themselves as a team that was going to compete for the playoffs. That's obviously not going to be happening. Um, but I just watched that team and it felt like they could do whatever they wanted to do. Russell could do whatever he wanted to do. Towns could do it. I mean, like, they just didn't have accountability. And, could just play however they wanted to play. And so many times just felt like five guys out there doing whatever they want to do. And whoever got the ball, Billy Beasley gets the ball or Towns gets the ball or whoever. And so I am unsurprised that, you know, they, they let go of Ryan Saunders. Um, and I just thought that team was a mess watching it, um, Strange circumstances though with replacing a coach. Oh yeah.
0: It's pretty weird in the way that odd. they did.
1: Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty odd the way they did that, as
0: has been covered um on our website and and our podcast. But um yeah, man, it, it's the type of thing with Minnesota getting Chris Finch now. It's a very odd decision. I do think it's worth noting he was a top candidate for Indiana and New Orleans. So mm-hmm. like he is a guy that other teams that baby firing their coaches in the coming weeks or months will probably go after. So it seems like Minnesota just wanted to get their guy right now. Um, but the circumstances are weird. And like, I, I, I it's going to be really interesting to see the way the team dynamic is usually the first game after you hire a new coach, the team plays well, they're going hard on defense. They have like their best game of the season. Yeah. Th- things are, you're feeling good. But this is so unusual. You know, like I'm, I'm sure there are players on that on that roster that would have rather have had an assistant get the opportunity. And you have this new guy coming in midseason with a totally different perspective who's like, hey, here's what you guys are doing wrong. We're changing everything, even though there's no practice time, even though you don't have time to make those wholesale changes. So with Minnesota, I, I, I'm very, very intrigued to see how they actually operate. And what goes on with that moving forward? Because this is, uh, you have a new coach in. He's probably going to try to make some big changes. And mid-year, that's
1: not easy. Well, and as you mentioned, Kev, th- I mean, this guy is highly regarded. You yeah, know, it's is. odd circumstances the way this all took place. And, of course, you saw Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum stump for their guy, Vanderpool, who they didn't mm-hmm. just move over um, on the another, bench. Another uh, highly accomplished assistant. Yeah. Who-
0: Hopefully, it's an opportunity at some point, and likely will. Here
1: is the odd thing with the T-Wolves, though, and this situation. Typically, you you, you finish out the season with an interim coach, and then you get to the offseason. You decide, okay, who's the best to lead our franchise going forward? And especially if your season is going like absolute crap, which it is. They got what? 6 wins seven this and year. 24.
0: They got seven got to give got to give them that seventh. Just okay. like Tom
1: Brady. They got seven. I apologize. Chris. They got seven, seven like wins. Brady. They have seven <laughs> wins. <laughs> seven so they have seven wins. Doesn't this feel though like a team that they are out of it, whether they want to admit yeah, it they're or out not. Of it. Yes, right. they're out of it. <laughs> and whether they want to admit it or not. And so it would be, especially given that you have talked about this being a good draft coming up. Um, there's no fans in the stands. If there was a time to just punt a season and you know uh, Lord knows they're, they're experts at doing this um, in Minnesota, given <laughs> their, their history. Um, but if they did, if they did punt or, or like they, you know, they tried to develop all their young players, they're playing Jarek Colvert to find out what they've got in him, all that stuff, then maybe, right? Like they get a high draft pick. Um, They hold on to their draft pick, right? Because well, that was going to be a debacle. Real quick.
0: Re- real quick, Chris, on their draft pick this morning, I was texting with Jay Kyle, man, and Jonathan Sharks, yep. co-host on Ringer NBA University, because on Wednesday's show, we're doing a big thing about Minnesota. We're going to spend mm. like 20, 25 minutes just talking about the Timberwolves and breaking them down. And Sharks, you know, and Kyle were texting back and forth about their draft pick. Exactly what we we're talking about. Yeah. It's critical to keep in mind if that pick falls out of the top 3, Golden State gets it. I know. So so even if Minnesota only, if only even if Minnesota has the number 1 odds, they only have a 40.1% chance. Of keeping their pick. So they have better odds of losing their pick. Even with the worst record than they do of keeping it. So with them men. It's tough. Better bottom out baby.
1: (laughs) Better bottom out. (laughs) This is why this becomes. Such a fascinating case study. Because on one hand. You have. There is real motivation. To bottom out. On the other hand. Why in the world. Do you bring in. Uh, your next and new head coach and then theoretically saddle him with all of these losses and have him a part of this losing-ass culture to start things off. I've got to believe that there are two things going on and maybe Rosas is sitting there going, they made the deal, the Russell deal, you know, uh, they don't want Towns to be the next guy to say, get me the hell out of here. They paid Malik Beasley. They drafted Anthony Edwards, obviously, um, and they don't want to – they need to show that they can be competitive. They need to show that he actually knows what he's doing because, truthfully, if you're that GM, you might not survive if you just – you know what I mean? God forbid you punt on the season and then you don't get your pick too, right? And you lose it and all of a sudden Golden State has that pick. So I don't know. It feels like a GM making a move to say, look, we're we're probably out of it, but I'm going to get a real coach in here, my guy, that's going to prove that this roster is much better than what it has played like and to prove that I am the smart guy you think I am, right? Like, that's what that hiring in the middle of the season feels like, like that it's a GM that is not saying, let's just, to hell with it, let's just punt. It's a GM that wants the owner the, uh, uh, to see that he knows what he's doing and that the coach was the problem.
0: Uh, it doesn't it doesn't take a genius to see that it's not just the coach <laughs> 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 that needs to be changed with, with that roster and that team and everything else. But hopefully, hopefully for Minnesota, it's one step forward because the, 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 they need a whole lot to change there in the coming months and years. And
1: they are a fascinating case study because it feels like they're going to try to play this out. I mean, yeah. they still may, they're, they're going to suck anyway, but I mean, it's not, good players. Un, unless it, Chris Finch is like, you know, Red Arback incarnate. <laughs> he comes in, yeah. all of a sudden, Minnesota's a really good team, and, Ger- and Gerson Rosas is standing up everywhere saying, I told you, I told you this team wasn't crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll find out what happens. With that said, if they are not a tank team,
0: They Um, are a tank team.
1: Okay. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast.
0: It's even harder not to
1: eat said hash browns before you get home. ba ba Their competition... It appeared Cleveland's lost 10 in a row now. So that was a fun thing to start the season, but Cleveland's gone the wrong way drastically fast um, and has basically just fallen out of this thing. So they are going to be there um, when it's all said and done a, as a competition for those lotteries. Detroit, for sure. Mm-hmm. I saw them in person last week, Kevin. I mean, it is holy. Bad. Lord. It's bad, buddy. Mm. I mean, I, it is hard to remember a team that like was like where I went to the arena and I was like, oh, I'm excited to see so and so. Like, where it was like it was Sadiq Bey, who actually has been very good. And it I looks like Sadiq they Bay. nailed it. No, they yeah. nailed it in the draft. He was I mean, you you could
0: argue that the Nets should have kept the pick and chosen Sadiq Bey. You could make that argument. He looks that good. Oh,
1: for sure. He was Easter coverage player of the week, for goodness sake. Which is kind of
0: weird, but that's a different. I don't really care about arguing about who should be player of the week, but it should not have been Sadiq
1: (laughs) Bay. You don't think it should have been Sadiq Bay? I don't. Well, and we started the show talking about Washington. Look, it's really Detroit, Cleveland. Detroit and Cleveland are are the only ones uh, in the Eastern Conference and in the Western Conference, Minnesota, and then Oklahoma City is still being competitive, but it's taken a little bit of a downturn. They were closer to 500. Now they're seven games below. The other one that is fascinating, and I'm interested in your opinion on this, uh, is Houston. And Houston was a team that we talked about, like, oh, this is just going to be a rebuild. You know, it's not a bad year to have a good draft pick. But then they came out, and it was like, yo, Steven Silas, this team looks like they got good chemistry. They got one of the best defenses in the NBA there for a short amount of time. They've really gotten it together, and they have had a friggin' free fall. I was at the game. Christian Wood got hurt, and he turned his ankle. Yeah. And... They blasted the Grizzlies that night. And I walked away like, yo, this team is on a string. Like, I loved the way they looked. Deshaun Tate and, you know, Wall looks good. And they got a new Eric Gordon since they, uh, since the Harden deal. And this Christian Wood is just kind of everywhere on both ends. And then Christian Wood went out of that game. And since then, it has been, I mean, I, it is Odd when you have seen Christian Wood and DeAndre Hunter go out and their respective teams go into absolute friggin' free falls.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Christian like, Wood was a borderline all-star. I mean, he, he was going to be one of the many guys oh, for sure. that were in the conversation for an all-star spot.
1: But that team was like a great story in the NBA who had really good numbers. Like, Christian Wood should win MVP? <laughs> in retrospect <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they can't win they can't win a game since he went the, out
0: yeah the favorite over they LeBron, won, so.
1: I, 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 maybe they've won one game since he went out I mean it no, was the they're, Memphis they're, game they, they've
0: lost every game they they won that one and then they've lost every game since
1: so, so nine in a row yeah nine in a row since since Christian Wood eight in a row so they,
0: they beat Memphis that day and then they've lost oh, okay. eight in a row since my god yeah, oh, yeah bad. They, I mean, and Oladipo has missed some time during this little stretch, too. And I mean, look, with with Houston, I said this at the time that the Harden trade happened, that a team that v- very well could make more moves. And Oladipo is somebody where he still wants to go to Miami. I've reported that since the offseason. Um, we'll see if, if there, that interest is mutual. I would expect teams like the Knicks or or the Mavericks to sniff around with Oladipo and see what the potential trade possibilities are there. And same thing with P.J. Tucker. Reported this on Monday that the Milwaukee Bucks still like P.J. Tucker, just as they did last November um, when those conversations were first happening about Houston maybe blowing things up. Um and I would expect many other teams to have interest in BJ Tucker. So with Houston in a market in which there are not a lot of teams that are looking to be sellers, Houston is a team that could say we're going to sell and get more than they otherwise would have cuz this is a a a this is not a market in which that a, teams looking for additions are going to be able to find it. So Houston could provide that.
1: And the the fascinating thing is do they get married to what they were when they did have Christian Wood and sit back and say, "Look, Golden State's in the eight seed right now. We're four back from that. We're not ten back from that. We're four back from that. And so let's just bide our time. This has been a rough go. We get Christian back and we're we're gonna win our share of games. So like I don't I don't know. I think, they, I, they I have, think
0: that's the wrong thing to do. They are right. they are a team, Chris. And I look at them and I'm saying you you want to go south. You want to mm. go down the standings here. You, you like competing for a playoff spot, it's just worthless. It's It's hard to do with a bunch of veterans, though. It is hard to do. They're doing a good job at it right now.
1: It's usually (laughs) they're they're not doing it on purpose. (laughs) No, they're not. But
0: they're doing a good job,
1: (laughs) right? (laughs) It's just that that it's it's hard to get. Like you would have to move off a lot of those guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I mean,
0: not too many of them. I I mean, I do think like once Christian Wood comes back, and you have him and John Wall, even if you do remove Oladipo, and if -hmm. you remove PJ Tucker. Christian Wood and John Wall with Jay Sean Tate and some other talent on the roster are gonna lead you some to some wins. But I think to your point, you're also saying like if you want a full on tank, yeah, you also have to move no. Eric Gordon. Right. Yes. You also have to do something yes. like that. And we'll see how far Houston goes. I'm not sure how far they need to go. Cause you mentioned those other teams with bad records, Chris. Minnesota, they're gonna be bad. Detroit's gonna be bad. Cleveland's gonna be bad. OKC's sort of in that middle ground spot right now. Right, where you they're going to be competitive. they They get some talent on that roster, too. But the other teams above them, the Kings,, yeah, they've lost seven in a row, but they want to make the playoffs. I don't expect that to change. Orlando, I wouldn't bet on them to make the playoffs in the East, like I just said earlier, but they're trying to win games. New Orleans is trying to win. Atlanta's trying to win. Miami's trying to win Washington, Charlotte. all these other teams above them in the standings are clearly trying to win. So, there's like a pocket of four or five teams, Minnesota, Detroit, Cleveland, Houston, and OKC that can just say today, we're not going to, you know, do things to try to win the playoffs. We're going to not full on tank, but not try to win. <laughs> right. But those teams can easily easily get those high lottery odds if they want to because there's 25 other teams. Do people look now. at
1: Cunningham as a franchise changer? Yeah,
0: they do. They do. Evan Evan Mobley, the center from USC, is another guy that people view as a potential franchise changer. Both of them, Cunningham and Mobley. And then there's other talent. Jalen Green's killing it in the G League right now. Right. Jalen Suggs at Gonzaga. Looks like a steady, reliable guard uh, playmaker for your team. So I just wonder four. on the
1: franchise changing. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, People project that NBA superstar. We didn't project yeah. any of the we didn't project Anthony Edwards as an NBA superstar. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was like year. a
0: guy that had like the the low floor, yeah.
1: high ceiling. Like he's a yeah. risk. He's a risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like yeah. nobody was sitting there saying this guy is this guy's gonna be an NBA superstar. Yeah. Right. Like no, like no, no like a no brainer star. No. Yeah. I mean people people and people have thought that a lot. I mean, the, look. We all we have to do is go back uh, a year. Everybody thought Zion was going to be a superstar, and yeah, I mean he's averaged twenty six points, and he still hasn't played a hundred games. Doing you know? a th- Thursday's video
0: is uh, going to be about Zion, Chris. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's about the Zion. Void? Yeah, I don't think all you'll right. like it too much. Oh,
1: uh-huh. I, <laughs> I won't. I, I, uh, I
0: don't think you will.
1: Why? Well, you don't like Zion. I do like Zion. Uh, Do you? Yes. (laughs) Are you sure? Yes. Okay. What are you talking about? Okay. Man, (laughs) if you knew how much I have invested in Zion, (laughs) you'd lose your mind. (laughs) Who wants him to be better than me? Nobody. (laughs) I've got my money. My money's where my mouth is on Zion.
0: Your cards and your top shots. Man,
1: what? In between cards and top shots? I got I got a lot more invested in Zion than most of the people that claim to love him, <laughs> so I am in. I, my my criticisms are the same as they have always been of Zion, which is there is a different level of you know averaging a million points and be whatever, and being a winning basketball player that impacts winning, yeah, in a big way. and you have to do that on both ends. And there is he's no getting, he's reason he's getting better. Getting better he, defensively. There's no reason he shouldn't be a dominant rebounder and defender. Yeah, he's getting better. Uh, him I think averaging slow, seven st- rebounds a game is an absurd. Slowly but surely, he's getting better at the defensive end of the floor. Yes. We're
0: we're seeing signs of him like doing the stuff he did at Duke. But he is a force of nature.
1: I love oh, Zion. Yeah, me too. No, How can you not love Zion? I don't. I, I, I. It's funny when I watch them, and this happened in the Boston game. I was screaming at the television, just give him the damn ball. Like, I don't understand that team. Like, half the time I watch them, I'm like, look, you don't have to have Lonzo Ball, Eric Bledsoe, uh, uh, Nikhil Alexander. You ain't got to have these guys have the ball at all. They don't have to bring it up the court and take the risk that he may not get it. He was like one for four at halftime of that Boston game. And you know what happened in the second half? They give him the ball at the top of the key. They just say, here, you you initiate it. They've, right?
0: been, they've been doing a much better job of that. That's what Thursday's video is about. Yeah, you initiate usage. this. No.
1: And he is unstoppable. I mean, there's nothing you can do when he's 25 feet away from the basket and he's just going to decide to go to the basket. And that friggin' tomato chest of Tristan Thompson was ridiculous. Tristan Thompson's a full grown ass man who's been in the league for a decade. The dude was in the fifth row. So yeah, I, I I love Zion. Um, that team is confusing and disappointing. They are confusing. To say the least. Um, and their defensive metrics are trash, and he is responsible. He just is, you know. Not totally, but one of the a, reasons. Yeah. He's a major culprit yeah. of why yeah. their defense is so bad, um, even given their personnel. Uh, All-Star Reserves are going to get named tonight. Now, I I kind of jotted this down, Kev. I think this is going to be uh, quick work in the West. All right? Just hear me out. Donovan Mitchell's going to make it. Rudy Gobert's going to make it. I don't know. I, I think Conley's probably going to be on the outside looking in because I think those two will make it and I don't think that team's going to get 3. They might. But D- Donovan and Gobert I think are locks to make it. Lillard 100% lock, George 100% lock. So that's 4 of the reserves. Um Chris Paul and Anthony Davis, they're going to they, make they'll, it.
0: They'll they'll be in. I, I would Well, maybe Chris Paul, we'll see. Devin Booker could
1: Chris we'll Ball see what happens
0: there. It. But by the way, with AD though, like he will make it, but yeah. it will be an injury replacement. So, like, he'll that's make right. it tonight, but then eventually he'll be replaced.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, but that's six. So, I mean, really, like, one spot that'll be filled in, and that will be the debate. Whether yeah. that's Zion, whether De'Aaron that is Fox. Fox, Fox, Conley. Yeah. I mean,
0: DeMar DeRozan, another guy. Gildas yeah, Alexander. I, mean, I don't expect SGA to make it. Devin Booker, too.
1: Yeah. I mean, and there will be, there's going to be one argument spot, wouldn't you say? I think it would be ridiculous to think I that mean, anybody would argue over Mitchell, Gobert, Lillard, Chris Paul, Paul George, or Anthony Davis. Like yeah, those I'm guys you. have to.
0: I'm with you. I think the West is easier to figure out than the East. The East is, is really tough, but the West, yeah, I, I think we're in mostly in agreement. I, I think there will be some tough choices there. Um, On reserves in the you're, East. You're gonna you're gonna have some fans who are pissed off tomorrow morning that their guy didn't make it.
1: That's really one spot. Yeah, one spot be who, with with like a
0: number of guys who could get it.
1: No, the East, I have no idea who these seven guys are gonna be tonight. I assume Jalen Brown and James Harden. Mm-hmm. I assume those two will be there. I assume Chris Middleton will be there. After that, my assumptions are done. I'm not I'm not kidding. Yeah. Like you could, uh, there are people that have made the case for Levine. There well, are people t- that have made
0: Tatum. It. Tatum, you didn't mention him. Yes, Tatum, Tatum Levine, Tatum.
1: Bam. Randall, Bam, Butler, ben, ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons will get there. I think Simmons will get there because they have the Julius best
0: Randall, Vucevic, yeah. Sabonis, Jeremy Grant, Trey Young, he, Zach stuff. Levine, Brogdon, Holiday, Lowry, Van Vliet. There's a lot of guys. I have a no idea. Like that. Gor- Gor- Gordon Hayward. <laughs>
1: it, it, a lot of guys. You, is
0: Tobias it fair? Harris.
1: Is it fair? All right. So you think Tatum for sure. So let's throw Tatum. We'll say Tatum does make it. Okay. Well, I don't
0: know. I mean, we'll say. Oh, you don't know. Okay. Nothing would shock me. Like, I don't know what the coaches will do here.
1: Okay. Like, do the, you the, agree? Jalen Brown, James Harden, Chris Middleton. Those are the only three that I would be. Shocked. I'd be shocked if they didn't Tatum. Make I'd be shocked if Tatum doesn't make it. Okay, so I don't, so know, you would what, I don't know
0: what the coaches will do, but I'd have Tatum there for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that, that, I'll, I'll agree with you. If Jason Tatum is not named an All Star, I would be shocked too. All right, I agree with you on that. So then there's really three. Like those are the only four that I. If they didn't make it, people would be like, "What the hell is going on here? Like, why are these guys?" Why, how can you justify so-and-so being in and this guy not being in? And then the other ones are kind of fun ones because it'll be like, you know, Randall would be making an all-star team or Levine would be making an all-star team or, you know, Van Vliet, as you mentioned, like who who knows, right? But there's three other spots. The West is way easier, I think, to pick and who knows where the coaches are going to go on this uh on this Eastern Conference but that is getting announced tonight and so inevitably people are going to come up with fake arguments regarding um <laughs> he, he, we we mentioned Middleton we think he's going to be there obviously Giannis is going to be there you wrote an article about the Bucks who last year were taking the world by storm uh until you know the season got halted the bubble they were not the same team that they were that we saw during the year that looked like they were gonna win, you know, 65 games or more. Um, and they and they weren't that same team in the bubble. They've come back this year, they've altered their roster, Drew Holiday there now, Eric Bledsoe gone. Um, but you wrote about where they kind of fit in uh in the mix here because Philly has been the class of the Eastern Conference, not the Bucks, who were so great last year. So Putting together that article and thinking about what the Bucks could do, could alter. Walk me through it.
0: Um, the article is pretty much just about their defense and the decline there. This season, they are ranked 25th in defensive rating against teams with a top 15 offense. Mm-hmm. Last season, they were sixth against top 15 offenses. The year before that, they were first against top 15 offenses. So there's been a slippage against teams that are playoff caliber Opponents on the offensive end of the floor. And that's because Milwaukee's getting exploited in different ways. Brooke Lopez made an all-defensive team last year, looks a few steps slower now. and uh, never was a, a quick guy, but he looks mm-hmm. even slower now. Teams know what the Bucks are gonna do. The way in which they defend pick and rolls, teams know that they can deny a screen and get an open shot. They know what the bucks do when it comes to dropping Brooke Lopez into the paint, how they're going to overhelp to clog the paint and prevent at room shots. And the bucks, that's what they've done a great job at in recent years is preventing shots near the rim. They still are, they're still doing what they want to do. The issue is, is teams are taking advantage and getting open three point shots with quality shooters. And that's something league wide this year that we're seeing a difference with um, over at NBA.com. Uh, There's an article about how in the NBA this year, there's a, a a negative correlation for teams that protect the rim best. They are now doing worse on defense. Whereas the last two seasons, the teams that were best at protecting the rims were the best teams on defense. So that's because mm-hmm. teams are offenses are likely adjusting there mm-hmm. in terms of just picking those apart and getting open shots. And so for Milwaukee, You know, Everybody talks about Mike Budenholzer, how he's always been stubborn, doesn't want to make changes and all that, but this year he is making changes here, Chris. Like They're installing more switching than they have in the past, and they're doing it more often when they have Giannis at the five, which they don't play a lot, but they are even doing it when Brooke Lopez is on the court, and Giannis said recently how they're using these games as practice to figure out their switching scheme so they have it ready in a couple months from now for the postseason, and with Milwaukee... I look at that and I think that's encouraging that they're doing something like that. But I still look at the personnel and it's just like we've talked about throughout the season, Chris. There are some holes on that team. There are some holes. And, like, granted, you get Drew Holiday, you have a guy like him that helps you a lot. But the depth behind him, as we've seen with Holiday being out, like DiVincenzo is not the same level defensively as like a Wes Matthews. You had guys like George Hill and Eric Bledsoe last year who have been replaced by Bryn Forbes and DJ Augustine. There's holes on the team. And if you're, let's say you go with the honest at the five in the postseason and you're playing that a lot, that's going to put more strain on the backcourt depth. And so I look at the Bucs and just like we talked about a little bit earlier, I think they got to make a move. I'd like to see them make a move, try to go after a PJ Tucker or some other wing or guard out there who can add positional versatility on the defensive end of the floor. So they're making some positive changes with the switching. The production is not the same, and the personnel is not the same. So they're in a very weird spot right now, and I'm very curious to see what they're going to do over the coming month, but they don't have a lot of assets to trade to make upgrades or find
1: upgrades. You know who they could use? Bogdanovich <laughs> yeah they could use him <laughs> what a disaster that is yeah. I watched him I watched him play with the Hawks the other night and I'm like you know this is it would be better for him and it's better for the Bucks he doesn't answer the defensive question though. Uh, no like, he, he would
0: help but he wouldn't answer the defensive question no, no, he no, would have made DiVincenzo you know I guess DiVincenzo would have won the trade but um
1: I think part of the defensive question will also, you know, the more they can get holiday on the floor, the better, because he is an outstanding defender in yeah. his own right. And their perimeter guys got to hold up more. You know, these last couple of years, it's fascinating what you say about teams that guard the rim aren't holding up as well because they could just set Brook Lopez near the paint, And then Giannis was pretty much just playing free safety. You know, if you make him guard you know, to where he just can't roam around, and help everybody and just use that frame to get in, the, to screw up everything, to screw up your passing lanes, to screw up your, you know, now you're taking these crazy floaters instead of like, if you can make him guard all the way out, which teams now trying to do. Now, you know, that defensive scheme, you know, I can see how they've got to, they've got to switch it up and be better for sure. And I don't know, God, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to know what they have, you know. They like the, what, the last time we thought they were making a deal, it was like they were moving Divincenzo and what DJ Wilson, I think it was right. I think those were the guys that they yeah. were moving in that Bogdanovich deal. I don't know, uh, like you said, how much you can get out of uh, out of that roster in order to upgrade it. Um, the other thing that we got to mention before we get out of here is the Utah Jazz have continued to keep on keeping on. Um, very shocking to see last night LaMelo Ball hit the too little <laughs> move on Mike Conley calling him too little. Uh, but he, Charlotte was game there for a while and then Utah did what Utah does, which is blast people. Um, and like I told you, if it were not for them, so much of the attention would be on these Phoenix Suns who have also continued to win at a crazy rate. And we wonder, you know, outside of the two LAs, if we say Utah and Phoenix and the two LAs, if I gave you those right now as the top four seeds in the West, would you take that deal? Say, I'll give you the two LAs, Phoenix and Utah, top four seeds, and I get everybody else.
0: So in other words, you're asking, will the, will the Suns drop out of the four spot?
1: Or um, any of those. I mean, uh, you know, I mean they, got, they got a long time yeah, without L- AD. The yeah,
0: Lakers have a long time without AD. I think I'll stick with the top four. You would? Yeah, I'll stick You would with take them. that deal? You yeah. would say the top four? Yeah, sure. I'll stick with them. Yeah.
1: Okay. I, I mean, I, it's, it's hard to imagine Denver or any of these teams that we were high on going into the year kind of busting through there. There's it a lot of time like, left, though. A lot of time left. But it feels like there's a pretty good divide that, is, that has started, you know? Because yeah. we already we thought the two LA teams were the best, Utah's been the best, and Phoenix has been out, out of this world. And so it feels like there's a pretty big divide that has started over the course of these last three weeks between those teams and then everybody after them.
0: It's kind of like what we were talking about at the bottom Like there's kind of a divide with some of these bottom teams towards the, the group above the, the teams up top are beginning to separate.
1: Yep. Uh, All right. We are going to do a mailbag on Friday. Uh, We'll at least take some questions.
0: And and, and it's also, it's video game week at the ringer.com. So, you know, send us some video game questions about maybe games I'm playing or games. Chris's son is playing.
1: (laughs) I play, you know, we got snowed in in Memphis. So I, I became a two K guy playing against my son, and this is this what you so they have all these classic teams, everything on there, right? And I heard a phrase come out of my son's mouth that I never in a million years thought I would hear come out of his mouth. And the following, and it was the following phrase: Who is John Crotty, and why is he beating me? (laughs) John Crotty. Backup point guard for one of the classic Miami Heat teams had to come in because Tim Hardaway was in foul trouble. Wow, And he just just wore him out. Just wore him out with John Crotty. (laughs) You know
0: who I used to be really good in in 2K with just like a random name? Aaron Brooks. I was always good with Aaron Brooks. Just just the timing with his jumper. I was awesome with him.
1: (laughs) I tell you this, man. These kids nowadays, it is a different world in terms of their I, I credit that, that game because you just end up knowing about, like, literally the, the history of the league by playing that thing. You know what I mean? Because we'll play games with, like, the friggin' whoever, 71 Lakers versus the 68 Bucks or whatever, and you just start learning all these players and have the end up with this knowledge of all these guys. There's some of these games that I'll be in, and the bench comes in, and I, I have no idea who these people are. Some of these, like, 80s teams. Yeah. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> but it's super fun, to say the least. So 2K's the only one I've been playing. Oh, well, and I'm, I'm the master at that PGA game. Uh, PGA 2K. Okay, all right. I play that. I play the golf game. Hell yeah! Yeah, That's do you fun. play anything besides Warzone?
0: I play Warzone, and we play NHL sometimes. We we'll oh. play NHL, and I, I like playing as a defenseman. Um, really, I, I've really embraced that role, Chris. I used to like playing, you know, a forward spot and being yeah. on the attack, but it's all about mentality with with with, with Chell. Like I, I get off on getting stops, you know, getting <laughs> back in the defensive zone and like poke checking or getting a hit. Like I I try to take on a Draymond Green mentality and get my team going with some energy. It's fun. You, I, I like playing shell. It's not a great game at all. Um, it hasn't really changed too much since I last played in like 2011 or 2012, but yep. it's still fun. You know, once a week, play that with your boys, get some dubs. It's a good time. And you got the,
1: and you got the hockey beard. I do have the hockey beard. You, yes, have a defe- you uh, look I like do. a defenseman now. Yes, you look I do. like an enforcer. <laughs> 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 all right. I give him the, give them the mailbag address. The mailbag is
0: NBA mailbag at gmail.com. So over the course of the week, Sasha and I will look through that and find some questions for Friday's show. And we'll answer those towards the end, including this week, some video game stuff. But ask us anything. Ask us about life. Ask us about music. Ask us about food. Also, ask, definitely ask us about basketball, too. But send us anything you want. Um, one other quick thing, Chris. Spoon by H, my favorite restaurant in Los Angeles announced on Monday night that it is closing its doors on Saturday. Um, Mm. So if you're in in the Los Angeles area, order Spoon by H this week. It'll be one of the best meals of your life. And they're closing because, you know, the pandemic, it has affected many small businesses, many restaurants, local restaurants, in a very, very negative way. They're They're not exempt from that, just like anybody else. The thing that really annoys me is that it's been like a lot of fraud charges and a lot yeah. of people who have deliberately went at them um, and really buried them because of the way it works with the credit card companies. I, I don't want to get too much into that, but with Spoon by Age, that's a place that it became a home away from home for me. The year my dad was doing chemotherapy with his cancer diagnosis, when I was when I was in LA away from my family, like that's the place I wanted to go with my friends and have good conversation and have laughs and forget about all the the crap Happening in my personal life and so That's the truth for a lot of people that go There it's a place that made you feel at home With the love that yunjin and her Family um put into That place building that up Over the years in los angeles and for it To get you know taken down After this year because of because of some Scumbags and because of the the failures of the government to support small businesses and restaurants, it's really just infuriating. And, you know, I, I cried last night after finding that out. I don't feel good this morning while doing this podcast because that it's like losing a close friend. That's what it's like finding that out with Spoon by age. And so... Well, I maybe there's it. a miracle, you know? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, ultimately with Spoon and with Yoonjin, I'm confident like her future is bright and she's going to be able to come out bigger and better than ever someday in the future. But for anybody who lives in L.A., Order some food by H this week. And for no matter where you live, I encourage you, support your local restaurants, support your local businesses, because during a time like this, they need the help. So many yeah. of those places are just hanging on by a thread. And so yeah, just support them this, this well, week and maybe there's forward, a, Yeah.
1: Here's hoping there's a miracle out there for them yeah. Um, yeah, and that so. the story is not completely written. Um and I know how important that place is. I mean, you've mentioned it many times over the years. I mean, anybody that's yeah. listened to this podcast have heard you yeah. mention that. Um, and and Isaac, Isaac, our Lee, former producer. Isaac
0: Lee is Isaac the first person who brought me there. I, yeah. I remember, like, me, Isaac said, Hey, like, we're going to this place, Spoon by H. You know, I want you to check it out. And I forget who was there that night, but I had like 20 plus dinners at Spoon by H that entire year. I think wow. it was like 25 dinners I had at Spoon by H. Uh, and I wasn't in LA full time that year because I was back home, you know, helping my parents out and everything all the time. But. That place became a home away from home, and it's gonna hurt going back to Los Angeles and not being able to go there and just enjoy that amazing food, to to see Yunjin and Joseph and her family, and just to, just feel just to yep. feel the love that they put into that place. It sucks. It sucks, yep. and it hurts, and that's why, like I would encourage anybody, like I said, support
1: your local restaurants because they need the help. Well said. Uh, thanks to producer Sasha, as always, uh, send us. Uh, Email to the mailbag and we will talk to you on Friday.